Hello and welcome to the podcast for the September issue of The Lancet Oncology. Richard Lane here, and this month I am joined by Rob Briley to discuss some of the highlights from the issue. Welcome, Rob. Hi, Richard. Let's start with a research article, and this is a population study in Korea, and this is looking at a possible association between hepatitis B vaccination and non-Hodgkin lymphoma, which looks very interesting. Give us some background here, Rob. What has previous research told us about the possible association here? A number of small retrospective case control studies have suggested that there may be a link between chronic infection with hepatitis B virus and the risk of non-Hodgkin lymphoma. In this study, researchers from South Korea, where the virus was endemic until 1995 when universal vaccination of neonates was introduced, looked at a cohort of more than 600,000 South Korean workers and their dependents, enrolled between 1992 and 1995, and prospectively followed up for around 14 years. So Rob, if you would just summarise briefly the methods and key results from this study. The participants in this study were tested for HBV at a baseline health screening, and national databases were used to ascertain the occurrence of haematological malignancies in these participants over the following years. The researchers noted that the risk for non-Hodgkin lymphoma was raised in participants who had tested positive for the HBV surface antigen relative to those who had tested negative at baseline. By contrast, no such association was noted for Hodgkin's lymphoma, multiple myeloma, or various leukaemias. What about the conclusions, Rob? Has the research question been answered, do you think? And and are there any clinical implications from, from these findings, do you think? Although the study has some limitations, such as the lack of data regarding HCV and HIV infection, amongst others, although the study has some limitations, such as the lack of data regarding HCV and HIV infections, amongst others, it provides evidence that HPV has an important role in lymphomagenesis. Although additional research is necessary to determine whether or not the association noted here is causal, the findings suggest the need for systematic screening for HPV infection in patients with haematological malignancies who live in endemic regions, and for monitoring and prophylaxis of HPV-infected patients to reduce the chance of HPV-induced liver damage that could arise during chemotherapy. Thanks, Rob. Moving on, let's discuss another research article, and this concerns the long-term outcomes for people with locally advanced rectal cancer. First of all, Rob, how is rectal cancer usually treated? Locally advanced rectal cancer, as is the topic of this study here, is usually treated with preoperative chemoradiation followed by total mesorectal excision. Thanks, Rob. And this is a pooled analysis. And one of the central features is the concept of what is called a pathological complete response, or PCR. Can you elaborate on that? Sure. Um, After chemoradiation and surgery, about 15 to 27% of patients have no residual viable tumour at pathological examination, which is known as a pathological complete response. A number of studies have suggested that such a response is associated with a better prognosis for patients in terms of local control, recurrence and survival. However, these studies have often been limited by, for example, small sample size. In this paper, the researchers' aim was to pool individual patient data from 14 studies to definitively determine whether or not patients who achieve a pathological complete response had improved five-year rates of local control and distant metastasis-free survival, disease-free survival and overall survival. Thanks. So just go on and summarise the key methods and results from this study, Rob. Having searched PubMed and other databases for relevant publications, the researchers identified 17 trials, 14 of which provided individual patient data for this analysis. Just over 3,000 patients were included, of whom about 500 had a pathological complete response. The researchers found that patients who had a pathological complete response after chemoradiation did indeed have better long-term outcome than did those without a PCR. For instance, five-year disease-free survival was around 83% for those who had a pathological complete response, compared with just under 66% for those without. 
And I guess, Rob, these results aren't surprising, though important, obviously, to know. Do the authors offer any explanation for, for why this difference related to the um, pathological complete response? The authors suggest that a pathological complete response after chemoradiotherapy might be indicative of a prognostically favourable biological tumour profile, although this hypothesis needs to be investigated in further studies, looking at the relationship between biological properties of tumours and their response to chemoradiation. Many thanks, Rob. And any other highlights from the September issue that you'd like to briefly mention? Sure. There are two other research articles, both looking at treatment for metastatic colorectal cancer. And in the review section, there's a review on therapy and emerging drugs for metastatic transitional cell carcinoma of the urothelium, another on chemotherapy for um, leptomeningeal dissemination of metastatic tumours, another on genetic aberrations in paediatric acute leukaemias, and finally one on the effect of genome-wide association studies, direct-to-consumer genetic testing and high-speed sequencing technologies on predictive genetic counselling for cancer risk. Excellent. Many thanks indeed, Rob. Those are some of the highlights from the September issue of The Lancet Oncology. We'll see you next month.